Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen, episode 23, Finding True Inner Peace, part one. So we'll start out with uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So in order to have the peace of God, I think the first thing we need to do is make sure that we have dealt with any anxiety or fear that we have. Verse 6 said, be, be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing, but let God know about everything and then the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds. Well, so what is anxiety? Anxiety is a feeling of worry or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And basically a type of fear because you don't know what's going to happen. A, f- a fear of the future, uh, a fear of a current, current situation that you're not sure how you're going to get through. So I found a good quote online from Faith Bible Church. It says, trust that anxiety is not your enemy. We live in a world that runs from pain. But like any good doctor will tell you, pain is trying to communicate to you that something in your body is broken or sick. Anxiety is similar. It is trying to communicate something powerful to you about you, your family, or the world. And it becomes the ugly three-headed monster when we try to silence its call. What we resist will persist. So instead of resisting your anxiety, what would it look like to walk alongside it and listen to what it has to say? Like anyone trying to get a word in edgewise, they only get louder when it feels as if it is being silenced. Anxiety does the same thing. When you listen to it, its impact softens. So I thought that was a really good quote. Um, A lot of people do try to mash it down or hide their anxiety, and and that sometimes just makes it worse. So it's a symptom of something else. Just like pain is a symptom that something is wrong, to let your body know, to make yourself aware that, hey, you need to deal with this broken limb or cut on your body. If you didn't feel pain, then you wouldn't know you might be bleeding to death, right? Right. So it's the same thing with anxiety, that we need to acknowledge it and find out what is causing that issue and deal with it rather than ignoring the anxiety, all right? So that's my first point is we need, in order to have peace, we need to accept anxiety, recognize it, and choose to act on it. And having that uh, anxiety that you deal with so that you can have the peace of God and better live your life and move on, get through the problem and help other people with it. It's similar to fear. Everyone feels fear. What you do when you feel fear kind of determines what type of person you are. Do you act in cowardice because you're afraid of something and you just won't confront it, you won't deal with it, and it just festers and gets worse? If, if someone were to uh, attack you, the natural response is fear. The person with courage will stand up and fight. The coward may run. I understand it's situation dependent. 
you know, if you're overwhelmed, then sometimes you have to run. But the point is fear is just like anxiety, which is just like pain. All of these things are normal human feelings. So what we need to do with it is respond properly. It's not having that feeling that is bad. If you do talk to uh, veterans who have actually seen combat, most of them will tell you that they felt fear. If you ask them about a particular circumstance where their life was in danger, the brave ones, the courageous ones fought on in the face of that fear and did not cower down and hide. It's not that brave people have no fear. It's that they work through that fear and continue to do what needs to be done. So what we need to do with anxiety is understand that it is a fear of the unknown. We're anxious because the situation is stressful or we're anxious because we don't know if we're going to be able to get through it. We have no idea how we're going to handle it or we're anxious because the world is going to hell in a handbasket and we don't know what our future holds, right? So just understand that that anxiety is normal. Accept that you're anxious about it and acknowledge it and decide what you're going to do about it. James 1 uh, verse 2 and 3 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So when we are faced with a bad situation, diverse temptations means different problems, basically. It builds patience in us. So that's one good thing that the Bible says comes from bad situations. It teaches us patience. If nothing else, time heals all wounds. Over time, you will learn that you've gotten through that if you are patient and you continue to work through it, the situation. So that's the first thing. Accept it, uh, anxiety as a normal feeling. And then number two, know that God is in control of your circumstances. I had a situation when I was uh, going off to college and I chose to go to Bible college. I packed all my things into a little uh, Ford Escort that I had and drove uh, basically across country. It was uh, through several different states. And when I finally got to Missouri, I believe it was just outside of St. Louis, my car broke down, all my stuff in it. And I had someone tow it uh, to the shop and I got a rental car and uh, loaded all my stuff into the rental car and I kept going. I just said, hey, let me know what's wrong with it and then call me and I'll let you know whether or not I, I can afford to fix it, right? Finally got there, found out uh, that my car had blown a head gasket or something like that. I can't remember. The engine was ruined basically and it would have cost way more money than I had and then they couldn't guarantee that the car would still work. It was an old vehicle. It really wasn't worth it. So I junked it. I didn't get anything for it. I just mailed them the title and they didn't charge me anything. Well, about two weeks later, I got the bill for the rental car because uh, I had paid for it on credit card. And the rental car came to like $317 and some odd cents. I didn't have any money. I was in college. I didn't have a job yet. It was, that was a huge chunk of change for me. Come to find out while I was unpacking at college that I had an envelope full of cash with a card from my old job. When I had worked at the post office, they took up a collection for me because uh, they knew I was going away to college 
and everyone chipped in, you know, five, ten, twenty dollars, and even pockets full of change. So I had this envelope full of dollar bills and change. I had just stuffed it away in all my stuff and didn't even think about it until I had been unpacked and I knew I had money in there and I got this bill in the mail. Long story short, I kid you not, when I counted out the money in that envelope, it came to $317 and the exact change that that rental car came to. That was an act of God. God was in control from the very beginning when I told my friends at work that I was leaving to go to college to when I broke down on the side of the highway with all of my stuff packed into the car to when I got to college and unpacked, got the bill, finally had to pay it, and God provided the money. God had been in control the whole time. And that's something very important to realize. You may not know as you're going through it, You know, here we are stranded on the side of the road with boxes full of stuff. What am I going to do? Well, I needed to get to college, so I just pulled out the credit card and got called a rental car company and dealt with it, right? I just did what I had to do to finally get there, but I didn't know how I was going to pay that bill. And God had been orchestrating the circumstances from the very beginning. It's the same thing with uh, Job. If you know the story of Job, He lost everything all in one day. And in Job 1.20, it says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Job had it far worse than I did. He lost his family, he lost his houses, he lost his business, he lost his crops, his, his cattle, everything that he had, except for a couple of servants who ran to tell him that he had lost everything. And he did not freak out. He worshipped God and blessed the Lord and recognized that God was in control. Fast forward to the end of the book of Job, and you find out that because of the way he dealt with it, God returned to him twice as much as had been lost. Anyways, you should read the book of Job. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I really like uh, the things he says about uh, listening to the younger person, not just the elderly. I, I, I like the fact that he talks about dinosaurs in there. There's a lot of really neat things. But anyways, getting back to anxiety, when you have to deal with situations, right, to find peace, What do you do? Do you freak out or do you calmly deal with the situation? Do you put all your faith in mankind? And then when you find out that you shouldn't have done that because mankind fails you, do you freak out? Or do you put your trust in God so that when bad things happen, you just, yeah, move on, get through it and continue to trust God? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told us uh, how to or why we shouldn't worry. All right. It says, don't be anxious for anything. Matthew 6, verse 25, it says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into, into barns. Yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his height? 
And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Basically, don't worry about your food or your clothes or your life. God takes care of his creation, and he's going to take care of you. And ultimately, it comes down to that last part. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God. It kind of tells you what you need to do to have that peace so that you don't worry. And the final point today is uh, know that the outcome will be good. You know, God actually does have good plans for our life. And we can have hope in that and rest easy, not having to worry about the ultimate outcome. And not worrying does not mean not working. You still need to work your way through the situation. You still need to take action. You have to deal with the consequences. You have to make choices on what you're going to do next. But do not worry so that it prevents you from taking action. There are lots of people that let that worry spiral them into a depression to where they can't do anything and they won't go to work and they won't get up and change their clothes and take a shower and do anything. You cannot allow that to happen to you. Worry is something that God does not want for your life. God tells us that we need to cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. Just know that the situation will be resolved and that we can learn from whatever we're going through. Romans 5 says, uh, starting in verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations or trials, problems knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. So we have peace with God because of Jesus Christ. We can glory in our tribulations because we know that that will teach us patience, and it will give us experience. And once we've experienced getting through something safely, then the next time something happens, that will give us hope, knowing that we've already been through something like this. So that's just life. Know that the outcome will be good for us. And if it's not good in this life, it will be in the next. If you look at Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace. And they were at peace, even though they didn't know whether God would keep them alive or not. Before they were thrown into the furnace, it was because they refused to bow down to the king's image. The king asked them, well, do you realize you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace if you don't? And they said in verse 17, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. So right at the beginning of the trial, the tribulation that they were in, right? So whatever situation you're in that causes anxiety or problems for you in your life. Right off the bat, you know that God can deliver you. So that should be the hope that you have, right? 
But then the very next verse, verse 18 says, but if he doesn't, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. All they knew was that God would be with them and would see them through one way or the other. They knew that if God did not save them, they would die in a pit of fire. But they were not scared because they had the hope of heaven, that God would be with them on the other side of death. That's what we need to realize as Christians. God is with us and he will see us through one way or the other. It's not resignation or, or defeatist to say, well, if he doesn't, you know, well, if I die, I'll be in heaven at least. No, no, no. It's the confidence that we know God is with us now and he will be with us in the afterlife. Second Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So in summary, uh, to find the peace of God, you have to get rid of your anxiety of whatever situation you're in or your fear. You need to accept that your troubled mind is normal and that it is merely your humanity letting you know that you're in a bad situation. Number two, know that even in that situation, God is in control, even if you aren't. And number three, know that he will get you through it and the outcome will be good for you. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not everything we want, but all of our needs. And Jesus told us he knows all of our needs, emotional, physical needs, spiritual needs. He knows it all. And he will meet those needs and he will see us through it. So until next time, uh, we'll do part two uh, next week on finding true inner peace with some actual practical application on what you can do to help you find that peace. Thank you for listening and God bless you.